Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Rurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country? Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Cho Lin Moy. Cho Lin has over 18 years of experience in alternative and Chinese medicine, is a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist, and the best-selling author of Will I Ever Get Pregnant? The Smart Woman's Guide to Getting Pregnant Naturally Over 40. She is the founder of Integrative Healing Arts in New York City, which utilizes acupuncture, herbal medicine, and energy healing to treat patients. Her expertise in fertility helps couples conceive naturally using her fertility acupuncture protocols and Chinese medicine. I am honored to share with all of you, Cholin Moy. Cholin, welcome to Get Up Nation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an honor to speak with you today. Thank you for taking time out. We've already started talking about all the exciting things that are happening in our world and that you are helping lead the way to uh, help create a finer world for us all. Can you start off with where you live and work? Are you living in New York City right now? Yeah, I live in New York City. I'm actually in my office right now, which is located at Union Square in Mm -hmm. Manhattan. I hope things are getting better as far as uh, how COVID is, has affected your area there. We just are, you know, in awe of frontline workers and really grieving for the families who have lost loved ones. But I love dealing with people like you who are in the health world, who bring wellness to people, bring healing and hope. So we'll start with your book and, and we'll see where this takes us. Okay, um, great. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell me what led to your passion and commitment to serving patients who want to become pregnant? Great question. One in eight couples in the U.S. struggles with infertility. Actually, 10% or 6.1 million women have trouble having a baby. You know, I believe that most women can get pregnant naturally. Right. And so, and, and also that fertility is not just about biology and hormones. There's more to it. But for all of these couples, a lot of them that they're only, they think their only hope is to, you know, have IVF or IUI. There's a lot of misinformation about age. And so I wrote this as a, a way for women and couples that are not in New York to, you know, how I work, which has to do with helping them get themselves into alignment with their mindsets, act, you know, exercises for them to do to get really clear and make the best choices, you know, for them as naturally as possible, right? You know, when I see like how many women and people who want to have a family, you know, how much they suffer when it's not happening. And so to, to offer resources to help guide them and not scare them, 
Tell us about where you gathered your expertise. You have many years of experience in the wellness field. Tell us about, you know, all of your credentials and and what has gotten to the (laughs) point where you're an expert in, in helping people achieve the awe of creating another life credentials, uh, a lot of education, but the biggest I would say is experiential. So in East Asian medicine, really the longer you practice, the more expert you become in what you do. And then you, you start to use all of that knowledge. So you have all the book knowledge, but then you really have to apply it. Right. I would say that it's really my patients that started to come to me that then guided me to like develop this to really help them and have that success and over you know many many patients you start to realize hey you know there are these things that seem to be a commonality that are showing up that can apply to everyone in terms of you know how they think and what they're being told and what they're doing and and so that is i would say becomes like where the expertise comes from just being able to then recognize like, okay, I'll guide you. This is what you need to be like focusing on and really teaching the the patients how to heal themselves. They have this power. We all have this power right within us. It's not a special group that only, you know, can like delve it out. It's really connecting and understanding what your body does. And then you can make these informed choices and shifts, right? So it's not out of control. It's in your control. Wow. In reading through your book, there's some concepts of that perfectionism or a concept of it. When we think of something that we want, we get an idealized version in our mind of what that looks like or what that experience feels like, right? So sometimes that can be problematic, right? Yes, because we can't control that. What happens is we focus on the numbers, right? You see it with students. They want to get the A. They want to get the A. And so they don't want to get anything wrong. But the thing is, is that the the questions that where you kind of make the mistakes are the ones that you remember the most about correcting. Mm. And so we worry about the number and the grade versus what are we actually getting and learning. So the focus is really like not doing it perfectly. It's really also understanding like it becomes a practice. Right. So, and it's not practice makes perfect. It's really practice is the mother of skill. You get better and better at it. Right. You just get better at it. And, and, and then you're able to navigate when things aren't, you know, because the rest of the world, or as we can see, is not in control. (laughs) A lot is out of our control. Right. And so the more you try to control, the more that you're going to get tossed and turned around. So yeah, perfection is one of those things that stress people out and, and it actually causes them to get further and further, especially when it comes to health and with having a baby and fertility, there is this kind of divine timing. And so it's really, you got to like be in the best possible position, you know, like catching the ball, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) will you share a little bit about like mainstream medicine, the way that it's failing us in this regard to, to really apprehend, you know, this type of health that makes us fertile, that makes us ready for, for this experience, or that makes us present in the moment. Will you share some of the ways we're being failed today by? Sure. 
in the Western model, it's considered a broken and fixed model, right? You can get blood tests taken and they start, you can actually see that there's a trend, but they're like, oh, you don't, you're good. Like, I don't have to give you any medication yet, right? Mm. The thing is, is that if you're trending, then there's a time to prevent and intervene. So the broken and fix is like, you only go to see a physician when something is really wrong. And there are so many other things that you could have done before, right? Now with fertility, struggling with fertility is a symptom, right? If you, your overall health is really good, then that's also going to have to do your, your fertility is going to be good. Mm -hmm. So if your sleep, your digestion, stress levels, all of that. So where it fails is just kind of focusing only on hormonal numbers, only on the particular ovaries or uterus, all of those like details, but those are the symptoms of the bigger thing, right? And so you have to address the whole health, like all of it. And, and, and this is applies to, I mean, with, with fertility, it's very specific because you actually, if you, you can actually see where that's making an impact, but overall health, most of us don't realize that over time, our behaviors, our patterns, our stress levels actually diminish our health. Little by little, you work a little bit every day, you get greater health and longevity. And so that's that concept, the longer, the long term versus like the quick fix. Yeah. And, and that's where as individuals, we have to do, you know, take care of ourselves, mm. right? And not wait for someone to just tell us. That's where the, the difference is, is where's the power? The power is you have the power. Mm. That's a challenge when, when we have the ingrained mindset that says, you know, a doctor is here to rescue me at some point if something, you know, versus. It's a victim. Yeah, it's, it's a, a victim. victim yeah. Versus you probably do a seminar for the next month of all the ways that, yeah. that people can do this. But if you could just give us a little bit of insight into the person who is grappling with that and kind of realizing that I have more power than I may have been aware of, where do we start at that point? Okay. so. Yeah. Well, for, if they were at, at the point when they realize they have more power, that is a fantastic because they're already making choices. And one of the things that I recognize when someone even picks up the phone to talk to me, that they've already started to shift to look at alternatives. They're already somewhere recognizing that the model is not working for them. And now they're dipping their toe into something that may be a little bit on the fringe, mm-hmm. right? based on based on our you know western culture but somehow innately they sense that they're that it's in a lot there's something there so then that is that part of them that's starting to wake up or and to take action one of the things is to really what i call as a fertility mindset and that can be a health mindset too is to really start to weed out all of the noise and and how to like get out of chat rooms that are just filled with a lot of negativity and problems, yeah. right? You got to clear out like what is influencing you because that's not true. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that I, I talk about, yes, there's truth to it, but is it your truth? Mm-hmm. So all of the statistics are from other people mm-hmm. and then it's being applied to you. So there's an aspect where, yes, we share a biology, we share a lot of things, but it isn't you, right? So that's where, and even in a scientific model, 
they look at a sampling of people and then they apply it to the population. The, the thing with fertility also is like around age. And one of the things I write about in the book is, is that if you start looking about your age, you're going to come up with all of the things of why your age is going to make a difference. And yet there are so many women that are able to have babies in their 40s sure. that don't follow the statistics, which get measured based on the, the couples and women that are having trouble. Right. So then they're assuming like, oh, everybody's having trouble if they're in that same category. But that's also not true either. Right. So it's really to like take the information and just really be able to look at it with like fresh eyes and not take on like that. The meaning like, oh, that means for me now I'm you know, that's going to happen to me. Right. It's exciting. It's exciting because when you start to realize that all of the circumstances and situations and things that we, where we feel so helpless that we have a role to play in it. And then it just awakens us to this sudden reality that, okay, so now this world is much bigger, much deeper, much more mysterious than I'm aware of. And then we start to find really good things in there, don't we? What, what are the things that when you help your clients, they, they come out of that and they start to awaken to that. When do they start to really experience, you know, that joy and, in, in creating fertility? Well, the, they start to experience it when they're, they recognize that they're not as stressed out. And they also start to make a stronger, we call that mind-body connection. Mm. They go, wow, you know, like I slept better. And so before that, they might not have even realized that they had poor sleep. So mm. oftentimes you don't realize that you had a problem until like, hey, you know what? My back doesn't hurt anymore. Like, oh, I forgot. I just was able to you know, walk up the stairs and I didn't even think about it until I got up to the top mm. and it doesn't hurt. Right. right. And right. so th that's to kind of like be able to visibly recognize the changes that are happening. And then they're like, Oh, if I can do this, then I can do that. Right. So it's like someone who's losing weight little bit, little bit. And then one day they look in the and they're like, Oh my God, my pants are too big, you know? Mm -hmm. And it happened over time. And then like, wow, you know, I, all I did was I added like 15 minutes of walking every day and I stopped drinking soda. Yeah. And then when they see just that little bit and consistency makes a difference. And then also with fertility, they start, I, I have them like track their cycle, very basic understanding so that they can connect with what's going on. And so it's not like, I don't understand why is it not happening? It's really, you need to know yourself to really know those things. And so that's when it'll start pretty, pretty quick, pretty quick. And they just, they need to be committed and, and, and have confidence, right. And take, and, and know that they make a difference. Right. And I'd love to, to ask you more about energy work. I, I know that more and more people are awakening to the power and the practical value of meditation, the practical value of present moment awareness and energy work is becoming something that people are also understanding or hungering for or finding results in more and more today. Will you tell us a little bit about energy work, removing negative energy blocks and the significance of what this is? Oh, that's a fantastic. <laughs> okay. So a lot of us hold, let's say trauma in their body. I'll call it trauma. 
that we've experienced, right? So emotionally, the thought patterns, negative thoughts that we have, maybe it was like somebody said something, right? And we actually physically hold it in our body and that becomes a block. And so recognizing that, so for instance, when someone has an injury, naturally the body will heal within a certain period of time, right? So let's say a sprained ankle, you know, depending on how, how bad it is, maybe like three to four weeks should resolve. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, and it keeps dragging on and on and on, there's more going on with the injury. There's some other aspect that is influencing other systemic inflammation that now is showing up because the ankle is not getting better, Mm. right? And there are thoughts that are related to that. So what happens is, is when you get a stronger mind-body connection and also like doing meditation, doing a practice, you'll hear like the stuff. You're like, where is that coming from? Mm. Or you become aware of something that you think about yourself. Like a lot of times people are like, oh, I hate my body. Oh, I hate, oh, my stomach. It's so fat. I hate it. I hate it. I'm like, don't tell yourself that you hate a part of yourself. You need to love that part of yourself, right? Right. So then you're creating this negative thing that's there or creating a block or an issue. Every time you go to it, it's like, oh, right. And so that interrupts the flow of energy that interrupts the flow of healing because it's not allowing to just release it it's kind of an attachment to it right and in buddhism we look at attachment can be positive and negative right like you just have to allow things to flow yeah and so really like with acupuncture with body work with being more conscious you become aware of places that things are hanging out Mm. and very much for women you know with fertility there's also a lot of you know how they feel about themselves really connected to their heart chakra their belief if they're good enough like there's a lot of all of that that intermixes and when you recognize that and also release that that allows for we say spirit to come in or for that energy to flow. And then you can be, then it's, you know, get, you get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so it's really like releasing things you don't need in order for something else to come in. Hmm. And I wanted to ask too, from the male perspective, what can men do to be proactive about this? What can, you know, to be a part of the process of fertility of conception, what can men do to be a positive part of that process? Well, they have to be part of the process, right? (laughs) But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have, you know, I have the exercises. I have some in the book where I talk about it. And a lot of it is, you know, with, with infertility, then there's so much focus on the woman and she usually takes, takes charge of it and is, you know, something wrong and I need to do something about it. And the male kind of is oftentimes in the background, like, you know, I don't know what to do. What should I do? And really what I found is, is that, you know, the the couples that decide, okay, we're both going to shift our diet together. We're both going to, you know, take care of what we need to take care of that. That makes a really big difference. Otherwise, you know, when it's time to have relations, then for men, it's not, you know, on demand, it becomes very like, unpleasant. And then that creates even more tension. Mm. And so one of the exercises really is like, 
make it into a great ritual, make it into where you have like your favorite food, that it's something to look forward to, to do together, not just it's that time, let's go, you know, and, yeah. and, and I see that happen a lot because the tension is so high, like it's got to be now and we need, and, and then that suddenly creates even more of this energetic barrier, mm. right? And then it's kind of like my wife is getting crazy or, or like the, you know, from the online chats to all of the, the Google searches and stuff, it's, it becomes so obsessive that it can actually, it really puts a big strain on, on relationships, right? right? So yes, to, to, to really take care what the men, you know, the male part is to really, it's a project together. One of the exercises I give is a vision board where both have the same vision. Mm. You know, what's, what's life going to look like Mm. together? Like, what is this picture? And then that makes more of this connection Mm -hmm. to the, to like move towards the same, the same goal. Yeah. I like that from the very beginning of the process, then it becomes a shared experience. Both are fully invested. It's a pleasing, you know, invitation to to join together so that when the child is there and when sleep is not necessarily, uh, you're not getting necessarily eight hours of sleep at night, you're maybe, you know, you're dealing with all sorts of different changes in your bodies and your sleep patterns and in, in welcoming this child, new new considerations, you're in a new world, then I would think that from that very beginning, if you have that joining together in that way, it it makes it more into a united experience from the very beginning. And I would, am I right in saying that that would carry over through some of the challenges of of being parents? Yeah, into fatherhood. I mean, from a, let's say from a, like in all cultures, a religious perspective, right? That the couple is when they're together, it's considered a spiritual binding, right? So you've got the civil, but when you bring into why are these two people together? They want to be together. There's some energy that pulls them together. And the consummation or the evidence of spiritual binding is a child, Mm -hmm. right? It's between the two, two, two parents and their combined DNA. And then also something else has got to like be, you know, coming in to, to create that spark of life, Mm. right. Together. Mm. And so later on, like the more involved as a, as a couple working together that carries over into parenthood into fathering. And we see more now stay at home dads, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that they are involved, the more involved. And so with couples where that isn't so much, you see later on in the relationship where maybe the, 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 the dad comes home and he doesn't really see the kids. He doesn't do much, maybe the weekend, you know, and so, and then that further, even though I don't know if there's research on it, but you know, there's a lot of issues around, you know, fathers being present or not present, right. right and involved and, 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 and also for men to really, you know, connect with their children. You know, that's also like a cultural thing too, kind of feeling like I, you know, I can't hug my child or, you know, it's not right. Or, you know, and I think early on that, that it makes such a difference and really, you know, this is about creating life, right? right. It's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is something that I just love to talk about. I love to talk about those concepts from, I guess, masculine concepts that have been passed down in our 
our country here largely about, especially, you know, I've, I've served in, you know, like alpha male hyper masculine environments where it's just, you know, men have to be this, this strength that, that shows no, no weakness that is not ever vulnerable, that is impenetrable and completely reliable. And how much dysfunction has come from that in, in so many of these environments, because men are not able to share what's happening or to process their thoughts and emotions. It leads to suicide. It leads to disconnection, failed marriages, and deep-seated frustrations. We've talked about how, you know, the psychedelics and some of the new things that science and, and leaders in that wellness and, and health fields are trying to find ways for people to, to face post-traumatic stress disorder or these challenges that come that are, we just get a sent into these misconceptions about what health is or what thriving is or what success is. And then it seems to me that to have a true success is to be a living person, to be alive and aware of it, but then also to connect with someone else and then to create a life from that. There are so many lessons that the child draws from watching these parents and how they interact with each other and also with the child and how men and women are creating tomorrow's world in the mind of their child and the experiences and the senses of their children and really shaping what our world and what future cultures will be as they grow. I think it's just such a, a powerful set of interactions that should ultimately, I guess, from my perspective, are sacred beyond, beyond measure. And we talk about FMLA and giving people time off. I, I mean, if we want a healthy world, I am just so, so, in support of what you're talking about is, is these, these people drawing together, becoming fertile in their bodies and their minds and with, with one another so that we can have people who relate well to each other, who face adversity, who can have conflict and resolve it without, you know, within a civil manner, tons of different ways that that, that focus could create so much good in the world. Would you agree? I totally agree. I mean, and and what you were, you know, the interesting, what you were talking about and we were talking about before, you know, with post-traumatic stress disorder that, you know, scrunching down your feelings and, and not being able to express out horrible things, that goes internal, right? It has to go somewhere. It needs to clear. So even what we were talking about like negative energy, you know, and how that can even, that will disrupt with fertility that when we are exposed to very traumatic experiences and then not allowed to talk about it, not allowed to feel it goes somewhere Mm -hmm. and it creates damage. It really does. And so, you know, one of the things that is extremely powerful that they do is the acupuncture mm. for the the PTSD in the within the military, which is a tremendous success. Mm. And and a lot of that is because of the the way that the acupuncture taps into the central nervous system to help calm that system down. It's also a way of, it's a mind-body connection. You become more aware of your body. So it doesn't seem like it's out of control. And like, that's that part that, you know, like someone who needs to always be in control and in charge and alert, like always in that like fight or flight, you know, vigilance that their body then it's very hard for them to come down, like to actually have that the cycle, it has to, it's like a wave. You have to have that. And if it's just one way, then what happens is, is that you can't sustain it. 
Right. And then that becomes a problem of, wait, I can't, I'm not strong. I can't right. sustain it. Right. But it really needs to, there, there needs to be that balance, right? Because otherwise you, you just have people, you, they're, they're basically, they're breaking people. That behavior is really destroying human right. beings, right. right? It really Absolutely. is very destructive. Absolutely. hundred percent. I just wanted to ask, I love the chapters, yeah. names of your book. You're <laughs> It just draws me in. Great. <laughs> it's so great. It's like, I, I am so intrigued. People need to pick up this book. You'll see links below in the show notes uh, when this goes live. And so anybody who is really looking at becoming healthy in their life and bringing another life into this world and drawing close to someone else in the process of, of creating life, I highly recommend this book. Will you share just a little bit near the end of the book? You have a few chapters that are called The Way of Heaven and The Great Leap Forward. Will you share a little bit about the significance of these titles? Okay. Yeah. The way of heaven is actually a term which is known as like the Tao or the way it's in Taoism. And so it's also like universal laws, like the law of attraction, the law of abundance, all of those. So in, in ancient culture, and this is also has to do with medicine is the same thing is really to be in the, in the now and in the way and in the flow so you can't, you, it's literally like you, you know, being opportunity and preparedness, right? So that's what they define as luck to be in the way is really to be ready and connected and then it happens, right? And then you're in the flow. So that's really what the, that chapter is. And then the, the great leap forward is really where you, I use it because of the term of a, it's a very Maoist term, right? <laughs> Came from like the great leap forward is really about taking it. It's just like moving forward with this and shifting. One of the other topics is to unlearn what we have learned. And so that's like part of that, like to depart from the ideas of who we think we are right? All the negativity and all of the thoughts and stuff like that. And really just like move forward and, and just do that. So literally you're going to become the, a different person or, or, or the per like really like get like all of that weight or, you know, stuff that's been hanging out on you. You just, you know, you, it, it comes off and then you're able to just to move forward with it. Before we get into the final portion of the show, is there anything else that you'd like to share with Get Up Nation? Is there any message of inspiration or encouragement that you'd like to give if people are out there and anybody listening to this who is has been having trouble getting pregnant or feels very unhealthy, is, has been amazed by what you've been talking about and really is craving a different experience in life? Do you have any words of encouragement or insight for them? Yes. Okay. So... The healing that you seek is already inside of you. You have that power. Um, the thing to do is you have to take action and, and don't worry about the perfection, you know, kind of what we talked about. Change one small thing like, okay, no more soda, diet soda, or I'm going to start walking a little bit, whatever it is, just do something different, like do and, and not look for the perfection, but just to make a small change because that is going to make a difference and break the spell. I would also just say, don't, you know, if someone tells you, oh, you can't, or don't really listen to it, just recognize that that's their, pers like part of their perspective and that it's not like the rule, like the law. Like one of the things, like if there is a God, they're not it, 
right? You have, you know yourself more than someone else could, right? Because you're experiencing you, right? Right. And so you want to make that connection so you get better at, you know, being in charge of you. All right. I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Are you willing to run through these six quick questions with me? All right, let's go. Oh, I thought we did the six. Okay. Okay. Go. (laughs) All right. Who are you thankful for today? Well, I'm definitely thankful for you for having me on. And and I can tell that you read the book, which is awesome. (laughs) Definitely. I'm just thankful that, you know, we're here like to be living at this time. Yeah. Well, I'm honored by that. And I am also, I feel a great honor to be talking with you today. You're doing so many amazing things for so many. It's my honor to share your voice here on the show. And now that we've covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? Oh, well, I'm thankful for, it's a beautiful sunny day in New York and it's clear and crisp weather and everybody is playing safe and being careful. How do you fuel the fire within you? Well, how do I fuel the fire within me? Ah, Let's see, what's going to be a good answer for that? Well, definitely, you know, writing articles, you know, getting, you know, helping one person every day if I can to, you know, to, to shift their life, to make them happy, you know, whatever little bit, that's how, if I can smile at someone or say good morning, even in New York City, right? I'll be like, hi, good morning. <laughs> you know, shake it up a little bit. <laughs> right. And what is one thing adversity has taught you to value? Adversity has taught me to value the experience is to really like you you learn so much from adversity. And right now, as difficult as things seem, that it's also something to that we're we're, it's a big learning. We're going to get a big lesson. And it's always hard to see the lesson when we're in it. But we're in a big lesson. right now. (laughs) So that's what I would say. Mm. Yeah, you get stronger. You definitely get stronger. Mm. What are you doing today? You may have never thought you could. I never thought that I was going to be doing so many podcast or like so many Zoom calls, I would say, and being <laughs> on podcasts and doing TV interviews. And even, you know, a year ago, I never would have thought that I would, if someone told me, listen, in a year from now, you'll have written a book, you're going to be doing, you know, podcasts and writing articles, I would have said, probably not. But (laughs) that's also what I have to say, you know, this whole pandemic really like kind of pushed me into being much more willing to be visible. And like, I really got to get this message out. I really, as many people as I can help, that's going to make a difference. Like, how can I make a difference? Amazing. And what will you do tomorrow that you may have never thought you could? Oh, the big tomorrow. Let's see. Tomorrow that I never thought that I could. I don't know. Go on a world tour. There you go. I'm going on the world tour. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I used to joke about, sometimes I would joke about stuff like, yeah, one day when you see me on TV, when you see me on the Dr. Oz show like that, ah, ha, ha, like a joke. The thing is, is that the things that you actually put out there with a certain amount of intention and definitely with fertility, right? You have to kind of like make that decision 
that oftentimes they come true, which is, you know, what you think really matters. So think good thoughts. Absolutely. Amazing. It's been amazing talking with you here. I'm sure the audience here has learned and been inspired from you. I'm so grateful you've taken the time. How can people learn more about you and your amazing work? There's my website, which is integrativehealingarts.com. That's the base. But if they want to follow me on Instagram, that would be at my name, Cholin Moy. I think you can probably get to spell it out. They can find me there. Sure. Absolutely. All right, everybody, go out there, purchase her book, follow her social handles, stay in tune with what she's doing because she's doing amazing work in this world. I'm so grateful that you joined me here and uh, can't wait to see what comes in the years to come from now. Thank you for helping us learn more about getting up when life knocks us down. Great. Thank you so much. <laughs>